0: Welcome to Voices from the Street, the radio ministry of the Sacramento Union Gospel Mission. Prepare your heart for laughter and tears as we share the unpolished stories of the homeless and hurting, hope and transformation. Here's your host, Director of the Union Gospel Mission, Pastor Tim Lane. Thank you guys for joining us once again. It's a holiday season,
1: and I know that during the holiday season, there can be a lot of depression, a lot of frustration, we're trying to get gifts, we're out there shopping, there's crowds, there's all those kind of things, including the fact that some of us are alone or somebody, some may have problems with family. And so this is a time of year that with the great joy of the holiday season also comes a lot of frustration and a lot of depression. And so one of the things that I would like to tell you guys out there, first of all, if you're a believer and you're feeling down, you're feeling depressed, then really truthfully, just like I said last week, and I really want you guys to hear me, then try picking up that Bible of yours and getting on your knees and finding a a body of believers, a healthy, well-balanced Bible-believing church, and become part of that church and part of the kingdom, and you will find a family of God dwelling in that church. Just don't go and and sit there and run out the door at the end, but really get involved in that church because when you get involved with that, people interact with you, and these are good, godly people. It makes a world of difference to our attitude. And if you are alone, remember that not only did God say he would never leave you or forsake you, but the people within the church who become a family to you will also be there with you through the good times and the bad times and all those type of things. Um, We pray every day, I pray every day, that I want to love God greater and deeper and with a better understanding. And I want him to take that that loneliness that we can all feel at times, that brokenness that we can all feel at times, and remind me once again that I belong to him. And you know what? (laughs) I could just imagine the cradling arms of the Lord Jesus Christ wrapping around me to comfort me and to remind me that just like Micah, I have Micah here uh, that I will introduce you to in just a second. We were talking about the fact that we are saved unto good works. We're not saved by our good works, but we're saved unto good works. And so when the chief end of man is to glorify God— One of the things that causes us depression is when we're living for ourselves and looking inside ourselves, always introspective and never looking towards the Holy Spirit to guide us in all truth and all righteousness and to put us on a path that he has chosen for us. And so why would I want to be a pastor? Why do I want to be at the Union Gospel Mission? Because I want God to guide me in all things. And you know what? Why do we work to build the mission up to what it is? Because when the day comes that I'm not there, I want it to continue going on, not to my glory. Now, I, they, you know, two years after I'm gone, I'm sure that only the staff probably will remember me, but that is not the important part. I don't want to be remembered by anybody. I want to be remembered by Christ. And I... You know what? If at the end of my time, the only thing people can remember about me is that, man, he sure did preach about Christ all the time. Amen. I'm good. We're good to go. So I have Micah with me. Micah, as we pointed out last week, is 22 years old. He's in the Army Reserves. He is the next generation of believers to carry that mantle of Christ into a hostile word. World to pick up the sword, to put on the whole armor of God and march into battle. And, you know, sometimes it takes these guys to hold up, you know, for us older warriors, sometimes just like Moses, when the arms get too tired and the battle starts to be lost, they come alongside, lift up the arms, and and the battle rages on in victory and not into defeat. And so, Micah, your father's a pastor. Mm Mm-hmm. And you go to his church? Yes, I do. And uh, so, first of all, tell me what church it is. Yes, I know we talked about it last week, but the people may not have been here. (laughs)
2: Yeah, um, it's called Calvary Grace, and it's uh, located in Orangevale.
1: Right, great. And uh, so, how long has your dad been pastor out there?
2: So, uh, we started that church. uh, We were planted uh, by a church uh, called Grace Bible Church Roseville uh, about six years ago um they they sent us out uh, as a congregation good. and planted us um and yeah we've, we've been going ever since
1: now along with you working at the mission mm-hmm. uh i have it on good authority your dad works yes
2: there. He, he just recently started working there yeah yeah uh,
1: most pastors unless you have a very very big congregation a lot mm-hmm. of pastors are bivocational pastors mm-hmm. and so Uh, A lot of times, a bivocational pastor, and I was one of those, had a a secular job to support us while we're doing the ministry position, which can be very, very difficult at times because it depends on where you work and those type of things, and I had uh, myself uh, left doing several things I did. I had I've been a commercial air conditioning guy, and I also worked as an insurance agent for a while while I was pastoring a church. Uh, the, the, obviously, the commercial air conditioning was for a very long time when I was young, and uh, so I, had, I owned a business. But the reason that I bring that up is that when I had left there and I was actually building cabinets uh, in my own, at my own house, for a couple of places, and I was starting to make money again doing that, which I love working with Wood. But the bottom line came down to that I stood out in the yard, no exaggeration, and said and asked God, hey, I'm only at church on Sunday and Wednesdays, and I need to be with people to tell them about Jesus, not stuck in the mountains here, which I love too. Mm -hmm. But there was something overriding all of that, right? And so I said, if you want me to go back into air conditioning, back into insurance, if you want me to be a janitor, I'll do whatever you want. If you want to send me to a bigger church, Lord, this time on the secular side of my life, I don't want it to be secular. I just want to serve you. Mm-hmm. You know, they called me from to the mission three weeks later wow. to interview. Awesome. So, you know, yeah. God works like that yeah. sometimes. Uh, One thing I wanted to say before I ask a couple of questions of my dear friend here is when you're out there uh, and you're praying and you don't get the answer you hear right away, are you discouraged by that? Do you think that God has forgotten you? So let me ask you a question, Michael. Michael. Micah. Has God ever forgotten?
2: No. No, he remembers his people, right? And that's... um... I've been uh, teaching through First Peter uh, at the mission, which mm. is really cool. It's really the cool to get opportunities to teach uh, there. And we're just going through the book of First Peter. And uh, it's, it's really cool. The, the, one, the, the first thing Peter, uh, in his book, uh, reminds uh, suffering Christians of, uh, he calls them elect exiles. That's right. They're cast out. Um, they're, they're being hated for what they believe. And the first thing uh, he reminds them is their position before God. Uh, he reminds them that uh, you, are, you are justified and you're declared righteous. And so nothing, nothing can change that on earth. And so that's what you need to remember as you go through persecution is your position before God. And not only that is it's actually God who, uh, in verse, verse 5, he tells them, it's actually God who is guarding us uh, through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed. Uh, so what Peter you know, wants his readers to know is that they can uh, remember and rely on, on the fact that God has saved them and will never change that position, um, no yes. matter what happens on Earth, and that's 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 what uh, the, that's the first thing He reminds them, in order to encourage them to press on.
1: Yeah, and what is the oppression that we're facing today? We mm-hmm. we may be ridiculed and we may be jeered, and, I, and I'm sure that it'll probably get worse mm-hmm. throughout history. Christians have had all kinds of persecution, and that's why in Hebrews 11 it says they were put to death by stoning, they were sawn in two, they were killed by the sword, they went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted, and mistreated. And then it goes on to say, and the world was not worthy of them. Mm -hmm. So what does that really mean in context to us? What it means to us in context is that Yes, we will be persecuted. Yes, there will be times of hardship. Sometimes you will be praying for the relief that that God can deliver, and you don't see that relief. But the end of the game has not come yet. And at the end of the darkness, the light will come. I have been beside a hospital bed with a woman dying of cancer, an older woman, And she was in agony, but you know what her desire was? For me to keep reading from the Word of God. Her teeth were were clenched, and I asked her, do you want me to stop? And she shook her head, no, just keep reading the Word of God. She went home to be with the Lord, and that, of course, was a relief, but it was a testimony to her children that were there, and they were adults, by the way. It was a testimony to the love that she had and the faith that she had that even in the midst of the pain and suffering, there was a new day coming, and that Christ would wipe away every tear, but we can get impatient, can't we
2: mm-hmm. yeah, and yeah, I love uh, at the end of uh, Hebrews eleven uh, it says, after you know saying how 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 greatly they were persecuted uh he, he then goes on to say, And all these, though commended through their faith, did not receive what was promised, since God had provided something better right. for us, that apart from us, they should not be made perfect. All right, so what he's saying there is that God has intentionally held off the glorification of his old prophets, so that we too may share in that inheritance. Amen. That's how, exactly great, right. how great is it that God loves us also, You know, just as he did his people. Um, and he's going to he's gonna glorify us with them. Right? Yeah, and that's it's the exactly
1: right. And, and you know, to your point about those things, we live in a uh, society of instant gratification. Mm-hmm, if yeah. we don't get what we want right now, there's mm-hmm. got to be something wrong. Yeah. God, I've prayed for this, and it's been 10 minutes. I'm going to take it into my own hands now and do it. Mm-hmm. How's that worked out for other people like, I don't know, Abraham?
2: Mm-hmm, yeah.
1: You know, and uh, who— Took it upon himself to try to make God's prophecy yeah, yeah, happen, yeah. and and yet, had he waited in the proper fashion, mm-hmm. we wouldn't be suffering to this day from that action. Mm-hmm. We find it. I find it in myself: the impatience to get what uh, what I should, what I think I should have. Mm-hmm. You know, Paul David Tripp, in his little book, uh, he wrote a book on suffering too. I don't know if you've ever read that, but uh he, he had talked about the fact that he had gone into a hospital, uh, mm-hmm. the emergency room. He had come back from a speaking engagement, and his doctor said, he told him, I don't feel right. Mm-hmm. He said, well, I don't think it's anything, but go to the emergency room and have it checked out. So he goes, right? He stops at Starbucks on the way, gets coffee, <laughs> he and his wife, right? Uh-huh. And so <clears throat> he says, Finally, I get to go into the doctor's office, and I'm in the doctor's room there, and all of a sudden, there's it's filled with doctors. Wow! And he said, a few minutes later, I was in the greatest agony I'd ever been in. Wow. And he, what was happening, he was going into complete renal shutdown, wow. and it was extremely painful. He is screaming for God's release. He's screaming for them to give him some kind of painkiller, and the nurse said, we can't give it to you, we're trying to save your life. Mm-hmm. Wow. And so, uh, but did he, he came through that, and did he say to himself, well, see, God didn't deliver me in the in the moment of my need. Mm-hmm. No, he wrote a book on suffering and yeah. what he learned from that. Mm-hmm. He, I read his daily devotional every day, New Morning Mercies. So, uh, but you know, the Bible is replete mm-hmm. with people who, patiently waited For that new day, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah. One thing I love from first Peter is uh first Peter 1 6 He says in this you rejoice pointing back to uh, the salvation and the inheritance We have that God has granted us right in this re- we rejoice though now for a little while if necessary You have been grieved by various trials and so that's that's what Peter says there is our trials are necessary Right, And so, and they're also, and in perspective of eternal life, they're for a little while. And so that's an encouragement to these suffering Christians as well, is that uh, these trials aren't going to last forever. Uh, you're going to be free of them eventually, and the inheritance that you have coming is far greater than the suffering that you have now. Absolutely. And that's, and that's what they need to be encouraged by.
1: And that's what delayed gratification is mm-hmm. all about. You know, Do you want the temporal? Mm-hmm. Or do you want the eternal? Yeah. <clears throat> and as you said in First uh, First Peter uh, one, when it says, you know, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again into the living hope mm-hmm. through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. I mean, it pretty much sums it up, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, right there, <laughs> that's all you need. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and and. Uh, <laughs> i think that's one of the big problems today when we don't see everything we want happening mm-hmm. we tend to think of oh,
2: yeah i guess you know yeah, yeah. it's kind of like what peter peter wants them to constantly be living with an eternal perspective right um that we absolutely. don't absolutely we don't belong in this earth we have something greater coming and we need to remember that reality as we live our lives on earth
1: yeah i want it to be said that it's true of me that uh, though I have not seen him, mm-hmm. you love him. Though you did not see him, you believed in him and rejoiced with the joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory. And that's also from First Peter. Mm-hmm. And that's what I want for my life. Yeah. I want to know that no matter what is happening to me, mm-hmm. that I have an inexpressible joy you know, it is that that peace that goes beyond all understanding. Mm-hmm. And why is it beyond all understanding?
2: Because it doesn't make sense to to believe um, in, in in the things that are happening now, or that that doesn't make sense. Like a person who doesn't have a eternal hope in God is going to have no hope at all. Because if if your circumstances is what determines your happiness, then you're never going to be happy, and you're you're just going to live life uh, depressed and and not happy because you don't have anything better. But when you have uh, Christ uh, and the promise of that, then that is far greater than any bad circumstance That's because right. it's, it's so much greater.
1: Right. And, you know, there's a huge difference between joy mm-hmm.
2: and happiness. Yeah, yeah.
1: You know, John MacArthur said that happiness coming from the word that we use, happenstance, yeah. as long as my circumstances are mm-hmm. good, then I'm happy. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm happy. Yeah. But if we are in Christ Jesus, we have the joy of the Lord that goes beyond all understanding. It mm-hmm. It is, I am crying because my heart is broken over something, mm-hmm. but I still have an inner joy yeah. and an inner peace that comes only from the Lord and can't be expressed by people who are not in Christ mm-hmm. Jesus. Yeah. Because yeah. what did you just say about eternal hope? They mm-hmm. don't have any eternal hope. Yeah. Yeah. And... You know, if this is all you have, this is all you are ever wanting. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I'd be pretty sad yeah, too. Yeah,
2: yeah,
1: You know, I have preached a lot of sermons at the mission. I always used to tell those guys, if you're if you're here tonight and you're a believer, mm-hmm. and things are really going horrible, mm-hmm. understand, this is the only hell you're ever gonna know, yeah, yeah. and then glory. Mm-hmm. But if you're out here tonight and you have no desire to serve God, come to God, this is all hokum to you, go out and have as good a time as you can because this is the only heaven you're ever gonna know and then hell. Mm-hmm. And people say, well, aren't, isn't it a little harsh to tell those people that? Yeah, it, it is harsh, but guess what? I'd rather, if you're gonna walk over a cliff mm-hmm. and kill yourself, and you don't believe you're walking over a cliff, I'd just as soon throw you to ground mm-hmm and make you hate me mm-hmm. then have you walk over that cliff right
2: yeah. yeah i love i love the way spurgeon said it he said he said if if hell must be filled at least let it be filled by the teeth of our exertions and us pleading people to not go if 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 people will go to hell let them go over uh, over our dead bodies right
1: i think that's an excellent way to mm-hmm. to put that mm-hmm. because that's how we do i mean you know i've often said to people so so if you're walking down a path, right, mm-hmm. and it's you're blind, mm-hmm. and I know you even, right? Mm-hmm. And you think you're on this path, and all of a sudden I see that a fissure has opened up in the, in the ground, and there's a 150-foot drop mm-hmm. to the rocks. A- am I, am I going to walk up to you and say, Micah, uh, listen there's there's rocks up there and and this path you're going to fall in and kill yourself and you say to me look i've walked this path and even though i'm blind i know where i'm going just leave me alone Mm -hmm. and i go okay well i don't want to offend him yeah Yeah, i do so uh you know we don't know who's going to be saved Mm -hmm. and not so Mm -hmm. what do we do we preach to everyone Of salvation,
2: right? And I think that 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 idea, that at least of uh, people don't even think they're blind, right? That's kind of where they don't it starts. Is like they don't they don't see the danger uh, because they are blind, but they don't even you know think that they are blind. But you know, Ephesians two tells us we are dead in our sins, right? There's nothing that we can do in order to get in right relationship with God because we love our sins so much and we are blinded, willfully blinded, according to Romans one. Um, by our sin, and so God must, you know, intervene, and God does send people in order to preach the gospel, so that people may see.
1: Yeah, no, and, and that's exactly correct because they they are blind, and mm-hmm. they, you know, it's like how many people do you ever talk to that go, well, you know, if you're not in Christ Jesus, you're an enemy of God. Well, I'm not an enemy of God. It's <laughs> yeah, yeah. what the Bible says, yeah. you know. And by the way, should we take the Bible? I mean, it's old. I mean, you know, it was yeah. written 6,000 years by different men. Mm-hmm. Should, is it really applicable?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I love—I um, mean, I, I've seen it in the lives of people at Union Gospel Mission of how, how they read it, and it affects them. And you, we see on a day-to-day basis of how they are uh, changed, not by you know just stopping their bad habits, not just by no. uh, doing the right thing, but by meeting the person of Christ through His Word, Amen. Right? God has revealed Himself through His Word, and through that uh, Christ is revealed, and that's what changes people. Yeah. So, and that that is a genuine change of I never want to go back to my sins that I right. I wanted before. Not as a dog returns to exactly. its vomit. Exactly.
1: Yeah. You know, my deacon uh, Mike Murphy uh, told me many times, you know, before he he was raised in a church that you know had the Bible and everything, but mm-hmm. He wasn't saved, Hmm. and I don't know about the people in the church, but the bottom line is he wasn't saved, Mm -hmm. and it never made sense to him, Mm -hmm. and when he came to salvation, it all of a sudden started to make sense Mm -hmm. to him. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, don't misunderstand. If we're preaching a message or whatever, we're going to go to commentaries. We're going to do all those things. We're going to study what the Greek or the Hebrew might say about Mm it, but— Still, the basic understanding when we read the Bible has to be there. Oh, yeah. And you know what? I can read the same verse every time and get something different yeah. out of it. Yeah. So, you know, we only have a couple of minutes, Mike. Is there something particularly you'd like to tell them about the mission or about your church or anything?
2: Yeah, just uh, just I love going through uh, First Peter with the program, guys. It's been great. Um, we've just been seeing how... Uh, this constant reminder of our our position before God is what is to motivate us uh, to obey and to press on uh, when trials come, and we see that in, in uh, verses one through thirteen. It's all about what God has done for you and to you, and that's and we're to remember that. Uh, but then in verse thirteen, he kind of switches to um, to commanding us. Therefore, since God has done this, he says. Therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. All right, so after seeing our salvation, after uh, seeing what God has done for us, we should then set our hope fully on the grace of God. And that's that's what Peter, again, wants for his, sure. his readers as they go through trials, is to set their hope fully on God's grace because of what God has done for right. them.
1: And we're a little bit out of time, but it also says, as obedient children, Mm -hmm. do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. You know what? We sometimes do. Mm -hmm. So thank you, Mike. And again, folks, until we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of his hand.